enough to be joined by the two co-founders of Mass Adoption, Greg and Jeff. Thank you guys for taking the time Thanks to come on. Absolutely. So I wanted to start, uh, you know, as I kind of went down my Bitcoin journey and became a true Bitcoin maximalist, uh, one of the things I knew I had to do was attend a Bitcoin meetup. And that's where I met both of you guys. So I'd love to kind of hear your story about what inspired you guys to kind of get a Bitcoin meetup kicked off in Boston. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, we, we both sort of have uh, our own little origin stories, but we quickly we quickly bonded together and, and formed Mass Adoption. So I'll, I'll just start off because uh, I think both both angles are, are important. Um, I mean, my where it came from, from my perspective was uh, last year in Austin at, at Bitcoin Takeover, I had uh, the opportunity to uh, spend some time with Matt O'Dell. And we were talking about Bitcoin meetups and, and he asked which Bitcoin meetup I went to in the Boston area. And I, and I didn't have a good answer for him. I, uh, I had looked around a little bit and there were some crypto and there's some blockchain and some combination of different things. And, and I hadn't been able to find like a Bitcoin only meetup. And I told Matt that and he said, well, there's your opportunity. You should start one. Um, so I came back to Boston, and and it turns out there there was a little gathering going on in in uh, downtown Boston. But I live out in the suburbs, so I figured, hey, I'll I'll uh, I'll set something out in the greater Boston area in the suburbs, and started uh, started a meetup. You know, took took Matt's advice and just said, I'll pick a brewery, I'll pick a date of the week, and just try to be consistent with it. Uh, you know, month over month, and and try to build a following and try to put something together that made uh, made people want to come out and, and talk Bitcoin. So that 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 went on for about three months. And then and then I met Jeff. So I'll let him tell you where, where he came from. <laughs> um, so I was doing something similar to, to to what Greg was doing. And I I actually started the, the first kind of uh, jump into the pool was that I connected with Tim, uh, Tim Keefe who started a Bitcoin fund. Um, he's an ex-BlackRock guy. And he and I put together a what you would say is a high net worth sort of meetup. And I invited uh, a lot of the you know professional people in my area. And we had it at Wellesley Country Club. And we were lucky enough on our first meetup, we had Greg Foss, Larry Lepard, someone from uh, Off the Chain Capital, um, talk at this meetup so it was a very powerful meetup and then greg happened to see it on youtube and i think that's how he dm'd me we started met for coffee and we quickly realized we are uh, we're fighting the same battle and we're we're 10 miles away from each other we're like why don't we do this together and it then was, our mass adoption uh came about it was it was a classic uh it was a classic like two bitcoiners meeting in a, in a coffee shop and just uh feeling like we're living like, he, like the same life, you know, like right. watching the same stuff, listening to the same stuff. I mean, it, I guess it was, uh, you know, we were we were the orange pill app before the orange pill app. Uh, <laughs> getting together in real life and realizing that you weren't alone. Um, but anyways, we we did. We got together. We realized right away that that there was something powerful together. And, you know, we kind of merged merged the group and came up with the name Mass Adoption. Um, which we thought hit hit it perfectly in terms of what our mission is, and um, and we had great uh, 
great people who had attended multiple like meetups month after month, you being one of them and, uh, and others like Ron and, and people that wanted to get involved and, uh, be a part of something and be able to put some of their time and effort into something meaningful. And, uh, so we have a great team and it's just, you know, we just try to hit it consistently every month. And one of the things we did add in, and I think it was, uh, inspired by what Jeff had done with his first, his first meetup was having guest speakers once a quarter to mix things up, you know, give, give people a little bit of a, a, a breather for a couple months, but then, but then hit them with somebody that they're interested in hearing, uh, a topic that they're interested in learning more about those types of things. So, so we've been trying every quarter to have a guest speaker uh, and that's, that pace has worked out really nicely. And uh, we're excited about next week because we have Luke Broyles uh, lined up to join us. And we have, uh, we have over 90 uh, RSVPs for, for next Thursday night. So we're expecting a great turnout, uh, a really lively uh, Bitcoin meetup. And um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Can, can I interject one other quick story about how the origination came about? You know, we, Greg and I decided to do this and we... I, I'm not even sure, Connor, you were there. We had our first sort of lunch meetup and we had sort of five or six people there that had gone to the meetups and we sat, we went around the table and we talked about our vision and we kind of went down the, the line as to like what your skill sets are, everyone there. And we quickly realized like everyone at that table had a skill set of what we would need to basically start a company or a mass adoption group and actually be able to execute from technical to uh, to web stuff, to social media, to energy. So it was really amazing that everyone at that table serendipitously were exactly what we were looking for, although we didn't realize that. So that was that birthed the uh, the group, and you, and luckily you're part of it and, and a strong part of it. And we it's just amazing that we could all come together, fight for the common goal. And no one's getting paid. I mean, we all work for Bitcoin, but everyone, I, I've been involved with many companies over 35 years, and this is the most seamless, most energetic, most efficient group of people I've ever worked with. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, for, for the listener who doesn't know, uh, at that meetup, we came up with the name Mass Adoption because uh, it's kind of short for Massachusetts Mass Adoption. Um, and it, it is such a special thing in Bitcoin. I think the more you go down the rabbit hole, it's very easy to think, oh, this is inevitable. This is going to happen. Bitcoin's amazing, but we're still very early in it. And, you know, in the same way Satoshi was like, I'm not going to ask for permission to, you know, uh, you know, have a money that the bank can censor that can use as a means of control. I'm just going to create this better form of money. I'm just going to go ahead and solve the Byzantine general double spin problem. And he did that. And in the same way, you know, uh, like you mentioned, Greg, when you were talking with Odell and you're like, you know, we don't really have something in Boston that I'm proud of. Well, I'm just going to go and create a meetup. And uh, as, a, as a frequent attendee of the mass adoption meetup and a member of the group, I can attest that it has just solidified my Bitcoin journey, meeting other Bitcoiners in real life. I mean, I've listened to thousands of hours and read tons of books about Bitcoin, but nothing compares to meeting other Bitcoiners in real life and seeing the energy and enthusiasm and desire to help. And I think that's just a testament. Yeah, we might not be getting paid by mass adoption, but it's because we want to see a better world. We understand what this can do. And uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, I know you guys are both entrepreneurs and have had successful businesses in the past. 
pass. And one of the things that we're trying to do with mass adoption is onboard as many merchants as possible. And Ron and I have some dev work to do to build out the platform and make it easier, easy for them. But I wanted to ask you guys, um, from your experience, what do you think are the biggest hurdles to uh, merchants onboarding and how uh, can we as mass adoption help them realize the importance of this and realize that they don't have to eat the 3% Visa or MasterCard fee and they don't have to rely on a bank that as we've seen, you know, these past couple months, doesn't matter if they're the 16th largest bank in the country and SVB, you could, you could be out in a 24 hours in the social media age. So what are the biggest hurdles for merchants in the area and how can mass adoption help overcome those hurdles? Well, well, Jeff, let me, what, first, well, I can talk from having 35 years in the being in the retail industry. Um, and I, I, I think a lot of the, the hurdles are the same hurdles we have as in to uh, transition people, individuals into Bitcoin. I mean, people are in their business. That's all they know. So when you suggest this, they think you're either crazy or they think you're close to being crazy. So challenges. But <laughs> when we sh when I have them download like a moon wallet and I send them stats in two seconds and I say that didn't go through a bank, that didn't cost any, you know, it costs a penny to send. You can take it out anytime you like. There's no, then they start getting them like, well, tell me more, tell me more. But we are working in mass adoption and we're working with Ibex Mercado in the back end to make it a seamless solution for retailers. So um, they don't have to think too much. Once we get them over the first hurdle of being afraid of the unknown, which I understand, uh, we're looking to make it seamless. And right now we have two merchants we're working with. One is our vintage clothing partner. Um, and we're going to be implementing that next Saturday. We're going there and setting her up to accept Bitcoin. And our other is this great uh, new, new uh, brew pub coming into Massachusetts uh, this summer. I can let Greg talk about that more. But we have two clients we're working on to have them accept Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, I just want to mention real quick on that point, Jeff. When you pull out a moon wallet and you send someone a dollar, I've done that many times at various Bitcoin meetups, to see the reaction on someone's face when it clicks. I don't have to KYC. I don't have to walk in a bank. I can download a app and have one US dollar worth of Bitcoin sent to me instantaneously for less than a penny. That reaction, I don't, I don't care how much that dollar might be worth in the future. Seeing that reaction for me every time I've done that, it's so worth it. And uh, I'll let you go ahead, Greg. I just I, I had to mention it's such a cool I feeling to see that. I completely agree, and that's why that's my go-to. And Greg, you, you got to get your tail under control. Oh, it's a cat. Okay. Um. I, I didn't know. I didn't know my cat was going to be just podcast. <laughs> He's being abused. He was hitting you. Uh, but Connor, that is so powerful to to share that experience with someone, and it brings me such joy. And and I think it knocks down a lot of the. The, the roadblocks we have in front of us. Once they see that, it's so important. 100% change is scary, but seeing that just makes it, uh, seeing that in action makes that change. Like, oh, this isn't scary. This is better. This is so much better than the current system. So that, that that's our goal. And we're going to continue on. We're starting with a couple. And uh, if we can execute there? and seamlessly do it, uh, you know, I, I we're hoping, you know, hundreds in the New England area. And, and we'll go Hello. from there. Absolutely. Looks like Greg's cat got him. I'm sure I'll be back on here in a second. <laughs> Greg, do so. Yeah, honestly, I'm looking. Next Saturday, Ron and I are going to the store, and we're going to uh, 
onboard her to using Ibex Mercado to accept Bitcoin. And once we do that, it'll be such a great learning experience to get the merchant's reaction and, and what their pain points were, although I pretty much know what they are. Um, and it's just exciting to get that under our belt. Very I don't know what happened, but it, I, what I was going to, what Jeff was no sort of teeing me up for is, uh, is that I am with my wife starting a, a brewery called Doctors Island Brewing Company, and uh, we are proud to be uh, in the mass adoption program for, you know, a merchant, uh, merchant adoption. And um, we definitely are going to uh, accept Bitcoin for beer, and I think probably be the first brewery to do so in Massachusetts. Um, but but I can tell you from being on that side of it now that I am actually a merchant. Um, you know, there's a couple things that are standing in the way of of it being seamless, and one is one is just truly like the demand. So we got to keep working. It's a chicken and the egg. You got to keep working on, um, like you were saying, Connor, like getting people to understand the moon wallet and getting comfortable with that, and then and then realizing when they walk into a store and they say we accept Bitcoin, they they actually you know, want to do it or that they, they, it's not their first experience. So we got to keep working the education on like the, the, the demand side, um, on the merchant side, having just recently like w gone through some like point of sale, uh, pitches and trying to figure out like what's, what's out there in terms of existing, um, providers, you know, they're not quite there yet, you know, and that's, that's the opportunity that, that, that exists for mass adoption to help hold hands come up with solutions in this sort of interim period because I think ultimately you know your squares of the world your clovers of the world your your toasts of the world you know existing point of sale systems will will come come to uh, realize that like the demand is there and they'll start to incorporate these things seamlessly into existing infrastructure and, and hardware um, but we're at a point right now where I'm talking to those people and they don't have a solution so you know, it's perfect opportunity for mass adoption, IBEX, coming up with a with something that can sit alongside an existing point of sale system and and solve that um, that problem of like accepting Bitcoin um, and being a merchant that can do it. Um, but definitely two sides of the coin. Got to keep working the demand side. Got to keep educating the merchants and so that it all comes together. I can't wait for the day because I can go in your brewery and uh, scan a lightning thing and start, you know, pouring some beer right after I stream you some stats while I'm pouring I, I, beer. I'm it's not, be special. I, I'm not opening up until I I can accept Bitcoin. That's for sure. So it's going to be day one. Day one. <laughs> I think everything you said though ties in so perfectly with uh, Jeff's point about how you know change is scary to a lot of people. A lot of these merchants are grinding. They just want to make sure they're providing their customers, you know, exactly what they're looking for. They're providing the most value and. Uh, I just think this idea of showing rather than telling is so powerful. And, uh, you know, all our children are going to grow up in a world where Bitcoin just always been a thing, you know, and I, I love using the example of uh, whenever anyone comes visit, visits me in Boston, I'm like, yeah, you see these coffee beans right here? I bought these in El Salvador with Bitcoin. And before we had Bitcoin, I, what, what was I going to do? Like ship some U.S. dollars in the mail down to El Salvador and hope, you know, it's not like uh, these people had access to Venmo if they were down in El Salvador or wherever. And the fact that I can just pull up my strike, I can literally pay with U.S. dollars in my strike account, strike handles all the back and stuff, and then they receive Bitcoin or U.S. dollars or whatever they want. I mean, that is so monumental. And there are so many businesses like Western Union and the likes who uh, 
I'm not trying to crap on Western Union, but they're taking a very heavy fee from people who really can't afford to pay that fee to send money. And it's just amazing how many of these problems Bitcoin fixes. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, pain and challenge. But I think the more people you can show, this is not something you need to be scared of. Show them through action. Look how amazing this is. You don't have to sign up for a bank. You can just go ahead and transact with anyone in the world. I think the generations coming up, you know, so many of these issues and challenges that merchants have been running into, Bitcoin just going to completely make them obsolete, especially with things like the Lightning Network growing as it is. And uh, it's... It's an exciting time when you when you can get past the uh, all the change because as, as we know change can be very scary for human beings. Yeah, I think it's I think it just underscores how how we we always come around to this, but underscores how early we are, um, in the journey. Even though you know we've been on it collectively a long time, it feels like. Um, but that's that's also what's exciting about it, you know, is to be to be that early to be on the front edge. And to be bringing people along behind you, um, whether it's, you know, friends, family, customers, uh, other other merchants in the in the community, showing them the way, being a leader. You know, I'm, I'm excited about all that. And I think it will happen. I think it will start to accelerate in terms of the the adoption and uh, and people jumping on board. I just I think it's inevitable and, and I do think it will accelerate. Yeah, big time. You know, I just finished the block size wars. And uh, I mean, I knew there was a lot of contention between the big blockers and the small blockers and uh, Bitcoin cash splitting off and becoming its own thing. But to your point about how early it is, all the people in Bitcoin now can have a huge influence. And if you're a leader and you try and bring positive change to this environment, you try and show people the way and help them realize Bitcoin is a bottom up system where anyone can opt in and you can run your node how you see fit. And the miners and these corporations who wanted the big blocks, they were not able to overcome that group consensus. So it just goes to show, you know, if you're unsure where you can contribute in Bitcoin, there are so many different ways, whether that's writing articles, starting a meetup, starting a company. You know, Bitcoin needs these leaders. It needs these people. And to show them that you can have a massive positive impact in this system, I think uh, reading the block size words just really solidified that for me because it showed against all this money against all these powerful miners, against all these corporations, the people who are like, no, Bitcoin is a bottom-up system. And uh, just because all the miners and all this big money wants to increase the block size doesn't mean that Bitcoin's going to work that way. So for anyone who hasn't read it, I, I highly recommend it, but I couldn't agree more with you. We are very early and the people in this ecosystem now can have a huge say. So whether you're a developer, a podcaster, just someone who doesn't well, even know where to get started. Connor, you go bring up a really good started. point. I remember maybe 12 months ago, I was talking with one of my friends who's in the financial world, but he was, he's a Bitcoiner. He's like, boy, I really want to work in the Bitcoin industry. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. I don't know what to do, you know. And it just reminded me what you said. I didn't know what to do. And then less than 12 months later, Greg and I had put together mass adoption with the help of, of you and, and some other of, of our crew. And, you know, we now have over 100. Our meetups keep growing by size every meetup. Our speaker series keeps growing by size by large percentages every meetup. We're throwing a festival in June, which was unimaginable less than 12 months ago. And so no one gave us permission. No one told us what to do. Uh, we just did it. And so I, I just, if I'm going to say something to the audience, like, I didn't know what I was doing either a year ago. I still don't know what I'm doing. And we're just doing it. So I, I would suggest 
whatever you're good at, if you're good at writing, if you're good at coding, if you're good at marketing, if you're good at social media, if you, whatever you're good at, start doing it and, and link it to Bitcoin. And we're, we have the wind at our back, in my opinion, and the future is much brighter in this Bitcoin uh, standard world. So get on board and start doing something. You know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. I mean, I don't know if Greg feels the same way, but I've had a lot of, uh, you know, butterflies or anxiety about the stuff we're doing because it's it's it, it's breaking ground by doing all this stuff. So there's no guarantee. We're not we're not copying or modeling anybody. We're doing it ourselves. We're blazing a new path. And that's what makes it so exciting and rewarding. But the point is, no one, we didn't read a, like, we didn't read one specific book, How to Start a Bitcoin Meetup, or, you know, we just, we just did. <laughs> and so the point is, if people are thinking similar to the way I was thinking, just start doing something and it will grow. That That's my only uh, suggestion. Proof of work. Maybe that'll be the first book I write, I How to the, Start a Bitcoin Meetup. The beauty uh, of, of, mass adoption like jeff said seeing it grow it's just it's like the more work you put in the more effort you put in more people show up and the more people are getting introduced to bitcoin the more people you know come out of the come out of the woodwork uh to join like-minded people and so it's it's pretty exciting to see it happen uh we're coming up on our 12th month uh of consistency and you know, you just see the proof of work playing out month after month. Over I mean, Greg, month. I remember like the first meetup I went to yeah. was probably nine or 10 months ago because you had done a few before me. And there was like, you know, eight kids at a at a picnic table at a brewery drinking a few beers, you know. I'm like, oh, this is great. And so and now we've got over 100, you know, we have more people RSVPing for Luke than we did for Jason uh, Lowry three months ago. So it is just growing exponentially. Uh, and that is so exciting thinking back to where we started. Yeah, it is. I mean, nowadays there are so many ways to stack stats too. I mean, it's great parting with, you know, your, your fiat currency to buy Bitcoin, but you don't even have to do that now. You can offer a good in service, stuff like Noster. That seems like, like I'm literally getting streamed thousands of Satoshi posting on Noster, like posting a couple memes. People thought it was funny. Here's a little bit of value. I saw uh, Derek Ross. He got asked to, he's one of the people helping uh, one of the devs for Noster, the Noster protocol. And he wanted to try something and he got asked to speak at, a, I think it was some Bitcoin conference in Latvia. I could be wrong on that. Honey Badger conference. But anyways, he's like, you know, I, I, I um, like this is, it's hard to get off. I'm not sure I have the cash. I want to try something. I'm going to raise funds on Noster. If you guys want to see me speak at this conference, I'd ask you to send me X amount of Bitcoin. He raised all the funds and then he raised the funds and people were still sending him stats. And he's like, hey guys, I raised the funds. Send those stats to someone else. So just this like community, this like, like how cool is that, that someone was able to use Noster and the Lightning Network to fund their trip to speak at a Bitcoin conference they otherwise would not have been able to speak at. I mean, that's just like a testament to this community and all this stuff is growing exponentially. So for kids now not have a big net worth, well, those thousand stats you get streamed for providing some sort of value online, whether that's shit posting, writing articles, you name it, do it. I mean, don't don't be afraid to dip your toes in. And Noster's great too because it teaches you how to use uh, private keys and make sure you're managing those private keys effectively. It's just like in Bitcoin, you know, as much as we like to crap on the banks, if you fat finger a Bitcoin transaction and mess it up, there's no there's no one you can call and say, hey, I, I need my Bitcoin back. It's just your Bitcoin's gone. 
So I, I think getting that uh, private key practice with a, a Noster account where, I mean, if you really build a portfolio, the stakes are high, but if you're just logging in for the first time, it's not that big of a deal if you lose your private key. So start there. And uh, it's just, it's like I said, it's grown exponentially. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, should we talk about the festival a little bit? Yes, please. That's exactly what <laughs> I wanted transition. to get into. For anyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, we're having a Freedom Festival, June 24th, Saturday, June 24th in Boston. Uh, it was an idea that, that probably... I think we started to think about it about six months ago and it was just sort of rolling off the backs of the meetup and we said we should we should throw a festival and have it be powered by Bitcoin. Again, just, just the same mission, you know, uh, trying to trying to preserve like people's freedoms and sovereignty um, through the mass adoption of Bitcoin, the introduction of Bitcoin and and uh and the power that that has to protect your freedoms and your sovereignty. So, the, so the festival sort of came out of that, and we said, "Hey, let's have let's have some fun. Let's have some music. Let's get a bunch of people together, um, and let's have uh, let's be able to spend Bitcoin at the festival for for food and for for activities and for for uh, vintage clothing." Um, and so that's the idea behind it. Is is really it's not only for Bitcoiners. It's for anyone who uh, enjoys their freedom <laughs> that that ex that they have here in in the United States um, and wants to preserve that uh, going forward. So one of the big things is, you know, we want to have a place for for Bitcoiners to have fun, but we'd love for a lot of people to get introduced to Bitcoin for the first time through our festival. And uh, Jeff, why don't you you can talk about the, the ticket price because I think that sort of uh, speaks to exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah, thanks, Greg. We are truly trying to get people to adopt Bitcoin and understand it. So right now the ticket price stands at $60, but $10 of that 60, you're going to get back in Bitcoin as you enter the festival. So the ticket's only 50, but so basically the $10 we're almost, uh, if you will, forcing you to use the Bitcoin to buy food, or to buy a vintage T-shirt, or to buy a, you know, buy a, a um, you know, a, 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 some merchandise. So we're actually showing people that it's easy to download, it's easy to spend, and so we're kind of locking people in to spend Bitcoin at the, at the festival. So we find that very exciting. It's more than just. So we want, all you know, this is probably one of the only Bitcoin conferences that we want all alt corners and we want no corners to come to this festival because they're going to be pushed into getting bitcoin on their phone and spending it and then we'll see uh we'll talk to them after the end of the day um, <laughs> yeah absolutely when, when they see how seamless the lightning network is and that their coin that promised all these transactions is kind of right. obsoleted by bitcoin already it's right. uh it's a very powerful and we're, thing. And we're, the one thing is we're lucky enough to have as our lead sponsor foundation devices and they're a hardware device uh, that you can cold storage your bitcoin on and it's perfect with what we're doing because that's the ultimate is eventually get you to cold storage and they, they and they also yes. they also have just come out with uh, a a soft uh, hot wallet uh, called envoy that that syncs with passport but that's uh it's a mobile mobile wallet so um you know, there could be some exciting things to, to introduce people to uh, via the Envoy yeah. Envoy app. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to have 
we're recognizing that there's going to be people there maybe for the first time getting their first Bitcoin. So we'll, we'll make sure we have people holding people's hands, helping them download wallets, walking them through the process. Um, nothing would make us, you know, happier and, and nothing uh, would would speak to a more successful festival than, you know, at the end of the day, if we had hundreds of people who walked in looking for a good time, uh, believed in freedom and got introduced to Bitcoin and walked out with their, with you know, a few sats still left in their wallet and uh, with maybe a little bit of curiosity to, to go learn more. Yeah, and the, and the plug uh, foundation a little more. Zach is a frequent attendee of the Mass Adoption Meetup. Great guy. And I know that uh, he is working with foundation to make it so you can keep your private key secure on your foundation device for Noster. So if you've already created your private key, you can't upload it. But if you haven't created a Noster account yet, I know with foundation you're going to be able to create that and keep your private key on your Noster or um, your Noster private foundation. And I think two foundations, uh, I love their Envoy wallet, and you can hook that up directly. You can hook that hardware, that you know, Envoy wallet on your phone up with the foundation passport. And I think that model, especially for people who aren't down the Bitcoin rabbit hole enough to start running their own node at home or they don't have a server, I think that is such a good way to uh, increase security, teach more people how to use their iPhone with an actual hardware wallet. Because Moon Wallet's great. But, you know, your iPhone is more susceptible to being hacked if you really build up a large volume on it. You want to have a cold wallet that's not connected to the Internet at all times. And I think what Foundation is doing is very important for the, uh, the Bitcoin community to understand. You know, you, you can have the convenience and the UI that comes with having an app on your phone. But then also the security of knowing that your keys are on a device that never actually touches the Internet. Yeah, agreed. And we're so happy. You know, Foundation is a, is a Boston company. Zach has supported our meetups all throughout the year, and uh, we're just uh, dreaming that they've decided to partner with us and support us. For the it's just perfect. Yeah, and like Greg was saying, you know, Boston is a special place. It's kind of where this country was birthed. We had the Boston Tea Party. We had, you know, every, anytime I've been at a Bitcoin meetup and like we've been at like a coffee shop for bit devs or something, this is too funny that back before, you know, people revolted against the British, they were in coffee shops, you know, talking crap, like no taxation without representation, all this stuff. And here are the Bitcoiners 250 years later, we have all these cycles colliding. It seems like everything's breaking down. Everyone's running around like a chicken with their head cut off and Bitcoiners are like, we're building for a better world. We're finally going to have money that people opt into, that we control, that people can't take from us. The British guy said it. He's like, the United States always does the right thing after they've exhausted all of the wrong <laughs> options. <laughs> and then they, they finally do the right thing. And uh, you know, it really hit me when we heard BJ Dictor giving a speech at uh, one of our mass adoption meetups. And he just talked about what went down in Canada with the truckers. And you know, for a long time, Canada likes to rank themselves as like so high up on the Freedom Index and they believe in peaceful protests. And that's all the trucker protest was. They were peacefully protesting um, and to, to see them get demonized and all that, you know, it was, it was just very powerful to hear BJ come down and give a talk uh, about what the freedom in the United States means, and we should cherish that, and we should not let that go. And I, I think uh, to anyone who's listening who might be on the fence, meeting other Bitcoiners in real life, from my personal experience, has been such a powerful and uh, encouraging thing that just makes me want to keep working and giving and contributing to this space. So for anyone who's hesitant or on the fence, I, I can't recommend enough checking out the festival and actually seeing firsthand the change we're talking about. Because like you said, change can be very scary. And I think uh, 
connecting Bitcoiners. It's the best way to help people understand why we're buying for this change. Chef, can I can I just add one more thing about BJ Dictor? So you just uh, summarized BJ's journey very well, and he was at the at the head of protecting the truckers accepting Bitcoin up uh, in the convoy up in Quebec. He is one of our lead uh, partners speakers at the festival. I mean, he knows about his freedoms, you know, getting washed away slowly but surely. So he's coming down to the festival with some trucks and uh, he's going to speak to the crowd and he's also going to sing the U.S. national anthem at our Freedom Festival. So we're very excited to have BJ uh, participate in this festival with us. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's there's more and more every day, like that that's that's sort of like bolting onto our festival. But uh, we uh, we're excited that um, that Texas Slim is going to be joining us um, through the Beef Beef Initiative, um, and he's going to be putting on a, a cattleman's feast, uh, and so that will be an add-on. That'll be sort of a, a, an extra charge on the ticket price, uh, but I think well worth it. Can you uh, because, describe what the Cattleman's Feast entails to the best of your knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> to the best of my knowledge. And, and basically what, what a Cattleman's Feast is, especially the way that, that Slim does it through the Beef Initiative, is really it's about education. It's about food education. Um, and what, what I mean by that is, you know, understanding, like, what you're eating <laughs> and where it came from. And we are, we are sourcing a cow. From that grew up in Massachusetts on a farm, okay, stayed on that same farm from from birth to you know till uh, till it goes to to slaughter. Um, it was cared for, it was fed. Um, you know, kind of understanding everything that goes into into what you're eating is important, and that's kind of what the beef initiative is all about. And and understanding all aspects of the cow and all the parts of the of the beef that you and cuts that you can eat. Um, you know, I think so much of that is lost today when, you know, every, most people just go to the supermarket and they, they, it's about, uh, you know, styrofoam and plastic and some, some cut of beef that's under there. And no one knows where it came from. No one knows anything about that, that cow and, and what it went through and who cared for it. And all that stuff has just been lost on us. So, so it's really about, uh, understanding what you're eating, eating healthy, um, eating, eating local. Um, and, and so those are some of the, the themes that, that we're really excited about. And I know, um, Texas Slim, you know, where's, where's his heart on his sleeve, uh, about this, this issue. He's like a huge spokesman for this. He's going all around the world talking about the importance of, of, you know, shaking your rancher's hand, knowing where your food comes from, uh, eating healthy, protect, you know, getting yourself fit, um, and, and staying in shape and, you know, build, building sort of local, uh, lo- local circular economies around food. It's just like one of the big things that I think is going to help us, uh, you know, move forward as a healthy society. So, you know, it's, it's all about education is what he says. It's not just a barbecue, you know, where we're slapping meat on someone's plate. It's like people are going to go through the line and understand exactly what they're eating, get educated along the way. And, and it's, uh, According to uh, Slim, because I haven't been to one yet, it's uh, it's probably the, the tastiest beef that we're we're ever going to taste. So, and, and, and some of the important Slim feels the reason why this is so important is because we don't know where the food comes from, we don't know how it's processed. So, 
by knowing, by understanding, knowing your rancher and knowing that the, the, the beef was raised locally, grass fed, grass finished the whole way through, you can be assured that those animals do not get the antibiotics, the, um, if you will, vaccines that are being put into animals. So you're getting a much purer food through a relationship with your local rancher. And that's really what the Beef Initiative is all about. He says something like from ground, uh, from dirt to mouth or something. Appreciate you listening to all of episode 14 of the Connor Chapman podcast. We had some audio difficulties afterwards, so I cut the podcast there. But as you heard, if uh, you're a Bitcoin and freedom lover, get your ticket to the Mass Adoption Freedom Festival. Excited to put that on with Greg and Jeff and excited what we're doing at Mass Adoption. And if uh, you're a merchant in the New England area looking to adopt Bitcoin, uh, reach out. We'd love to work with you guys and help make adopting Bitcoin a reality. Mm -hmm.